All right, guys, y'all show some love to the sponsors of the Straight Out of Prison podcast. Our friend Keely Brown runs her family-owned HVAC Home and Commercial Services. Is your system ready for the summer? Schedule a system checkup or reprogram your thermostat. They offer residential and commercial, at home or at work. They really do what they say, and they say what they do. Our family serving your family has been their core value since day one. Their founder and owner, Mr. Robert Holland, made sure the foundation of Home and Commercial Services was and is integrity. Now, remember, Haley, we, we catered an event last December where he was a part of the group that we were feeding. But it was interesting to learn that when he was a young man, when he first started in the HVAC business, Mr. Holland actually got in trouble with, for not adding new parts that the people didn't need. And they were like, why didn't you sell the parts? And he was like, because I could fix them. And they were like, no, no, you're... you're you're doing it wrong. Like you just got to put new parts. And he was like, but they didn't need new parts. And it bugged him so much that he went out and started his own business. And that's the foundation of home and commercial services. And we can attest to that personally. I mean, they've done so much stuff for us. It's crazy. I love that story. And I think it speaks to obviously his integrity and what he's built his business on that integrity. Right now, the most economical service they offer is their annual residential service agreement. For $150, you'll get two annual checkups, and that's for one system. If if it's an additional system, it's 25% off. Anyways, the annual contract includes priority service, normal rates for after-hour service, 10% discount on any repairs, and a 5% discount on any new installations. It's a good deal especially with the heat of the summer coming. Home and Commercial Services works on all name brands of heating and air conditioning units, gas furnaces, heat pumps, walk-in coolers, and smart thermostats. No job is too big or too small. Call or text Keely at 205-798-0635. Or you can email at office at Holland hcs.com you can look up holland home and commercial services on instagram for daily tips and more or you can check out their website hollandhcs.com we have some amazing friends and supporters of the podcast Lynn and Debbie Hurst, who own Hurst Towing and Recovery in Fultondale and Hayden, Alabama. They serve the Jefferson, Blunt, and surrounding counties. They tow light and heavy-duty vehicles, and they're always there to help. We wouldn't call anybody else. We would never call anybody else, and that's a fact. Would you like to work for an amazing company that treats their employees like family? The Hearst are hiring. Full and part-time positions. Give them a call today. Hearst Towing is there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They've been in our area since January of 1987. They have a heart to serve and they love making an impact in the communities they grew up in. The Hearst definitely make a difference in our world. And they have definitely made a difference in our lives. Dispatchers are always ready to receive calls at 205-631-8697. That is 205-631-TOWS, T-O-W-S. <laughs> you, get, you get me every time I, with the toes. <laughs> <laughs> or check out their website at hearsttowing.com. Now, y'all know James from the podcast, but he also is an amazing cook and private chef. I can attest to that personally. I've had many years of experience in food, just working in, managing, and even owning a couple restaurants. One of his greatest passions is preparing delicious food. You know, if somebody's going through something or through a hard time and you don't know what to do, you can always cook for them. Or you can always call me and I'll cook for them. It's, it really, it's a it's a great way to love people. That journey started early in his beloved granny's kitchen. She was the one that, you know, was always cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. She was a Southern belle. She made everything taste good, and I didn't always, sorry, Mom, get that at home. <laughs> but uh, granny taught me how to cook, and 
I've never looked back from that. James is a Fox 6 Good Day Alabama monthly contributor. It's one of the honors of my life. I love cooking on TV. I love hearing the feedback. I love going in there and having people email me and ask questions. It's just, it's fun. And his peanut butter cobbler recipe was featured on the Food Network show Carnival Eats. That was kind of a big deal. I mean, it was... uh, I don't like I got paid for it, but it was a lot of exposure and it was really fun. Head over to ChefJamesKJones.com to join our email list. Once you do that, you can stay updated on everything that we're doing. CrossFit Mophobia is owned and operated by Hayden Setzer. Hayden has a degree in exercise science and wellness with a minor in coaching. She is CrossFit Level 2 certified and Precision Nutrition Certified. CrossFit Mophobia is located at 222 Decatur Highway in Gardendale, Alabama. Email CrossFitMophobiaInfo at gmail.com or call or text 256-303-1873. Or you can look up everything she does on Facebook and Instagram. CrossFit Mophobia. Hey guys, Team Jones coming at you this fall. We're excited for the fun new things we are doing. Now our part of the Straight Out of Prison podcast is wrapped up, but we're not finished. We're going to use this platform to tell other people's straight out of prison stories. Stay tuned. And if you have a story to suggest, DM us on social media or email Haley at teamjones.co. We've also redesigned our media kit with some exciting details. If you'd like more information about being a sponsor, email Haley at teamjones.co. Or shoot me a text or give me a call. 20 And on the cooking front, head over to ChefJamesKJones.com to check out the classes and events coming up in the fall. For those of you that don't know, I am also a certified life and business coach, and I would love to help you personally, or if you have a business that you're needing any kind of direction or restart with. Email Haley at TeamJones.co or shoot her a text, 205-789-2011. Finally, James's YouTube channel has added the first two seasons of the Straight Out of Prison podcast. And it's really opened us up to a totally new audience. Look up Chef James K. Jones on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. It's free so you never miss a recipe or a podcast. So now my YouTube channel can be a one-stop shop. You can learn how to cook some stuff and listen to podcasts. Look up Chef James K. Jones on YouTube and we'll put all the stuff in the show notes. Thank you for your support and thanks for being a part of our story. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Straight Out of Prison podcast. My name is James K. Jones, and I'm here to tell you a straight out of prison story. And this is Haley Jones, and I've never been to prison, but I'm here to help you tell that story. Hey, hey, hey. All right, season eight. We is did that, that right? Yeah, but we did that last week. <laughs> oh, okay, well, it doesn't matter. Okay, anyway. <laughs> and then uh, there was some confusion, because on the For Real Real, I said season seven, and on this one, I said season eight. I guess technically, if it was just straight out of prison, this would be season seven, but I've been... When I put For Real Real episodes up on this platform, I just drop them under Season 7. So, just for the sake of not having to move all that stuff around, it is Season 8. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so that is good. So, for reference, all of Season 7, people that are listening, is our For Real Real episodes. Yeah, it's not the highlight reel, it's the For Real Real. It's the For Real Real, (laughs) which I like you putting a gap between the end of our story and the original Straight Out of Prison to what we're doing now, which is telling other people's prison stories and so i know that you have been very excited about this (laughs) i am it's just so fascinating for me i've always even as a little kid i've always loved like rags to riches stories cinderella stories like people that 
really, you know, didn't have a chance to make it, and somehow they did. Yeah. And there's so much to learn and unpack, and there's so much we can get out of those stories. Well, me too about that, but moreover, I mean, we've talked about this. I know that people are, more than just me, interested in people that have been to prison. It's fascinating. (laughs) I mean, there's a reason why true crime and all that, like, is, I think it's like a a genre or a category on podcasts is one of the most popular, I think, if not the most popular where like most people are listening to crime stories yeah. and like prison stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is that? Do you think? I don't. I know. think it's because most of us don't know. Yeah. And it also like you're fascinated with. Okay, how did you get? How did you overcome that? Like, how did you figure that out? I didn't tell you this. I've been meaning to tell you, but I'll just tell you on the podcast. But yesterday. <laughs> When I was coming out of church, there's a lady that we've connected with because Judah James is in love with her daughter and back in mm-hmm. Island's kids. And her name is Haley. Yes. And we've talked, but not really talked, just kind of like met at church. Right. And she she ran me down yesterday when I was coming out of uh, service and was like, I found out y'all had a podcast. And I said, yeah, we do. And she said... Uh, <laughs> Well, I saw it on Haley's social media. You know, we're connected on the Instagram now. And I was wanting to listen to it, but I didn't really understand the topic. It said straight out of prison. Like, what does that mean? Like, what is, what's the reference to that? And I said, well, it came out of the, the movie, Straight Out of Compton. You are so awkward, <laughs> I have to say, in these conversations. I mean, but that's how we came up with it, Straight Out of Compton. But then people started doing Straight Out of Bessemer, Straight yeah. Out of Birmingham, Straight Out of... <laughs> Whatever. And when we started the podcast, we called it Straight Out of Prison because I'm telling the story of being in prison. And she was like, oh, <laughs> like prison? And I was like, yeah, like prison. <laughs> and my friend Lynn Hurst was not with me. Not a prison of the mind. Not a prison of the finances. <laughs> so my friend Lynn was standing there with me. He was like, yeah, it's awesome. You should listen to it. And I was like, yeah, he's a sponsor of it. And um, she was like, I love prison and prison stories. And I was like... You do? And she said, yes, I've been helping people in prison for years. And one lady I helped get out of prison, and she brought her baby to me and left. And I've had her baby for eight months and had to find it a home. So I was like, okay. Well, start at the beginning. Well, this podcast is for you then. <laughs> it was just funny, but she was fascinated with that, especially when I told her what it was about. So Yeah. I don't know. It's neat. We've got some. We've got a. We've got some neat ones on the pipe to do. Yeah. Um, but first up, up to bat. Yeah, we start with Jacob. I mean, not Jacob. I was like Jacob. This is new to me. All right, Joseph. I've been studying Jacob all day because Jacob is Joseph's daddy. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we start with Joseph. He's my most. As far as people has been to prison, and got out and did something different. He's the one that inspires me the most. Always has. Mm-hmm. So we're telling his story. Last week we just kind of introduced it. And this week I wanted to do something similar to what we did when we started the Straight Out of Prison podcast, which might have been planned by you, but it wasn't planned by me. The first episode was supposed to be I got arrested and you started doing your investigative journalism and digging around. <laughs> so there was it, no plan. That's just how I am. I just start like But it worked because yeah. it was it the first episode we called it the backstory. Like you had to go like, how did you get here? And you started asking me questions, and they were very uncomfortable questions, And but we did it, and it was good. So I want to do that with this story. Yeah. So we're going to just title this one Joseph's Backstory. Okay, so I'm going to say what I know about Joseph, just like what comes to my mind off the cuff, Yeah. because I feel like maybe most people are more like me than mm-hmm. like you, and yeah. explaining that. Speaking of prison, that you literally, as an adult, had two years in prison where all you did was read the Bible and study the Bible. Three. 
three. Yeah. Like no job to do besides, you know, the prison jobs, I guess. Or my, whatever. Well, I helped with Iron Door. My last three and a half years in prison, that's all I did. You're right. And so that is huge, I think, that it's, you definitely have more of a grasp of the Bible and the stories and the context than anybody I've ever met. Yeah. And I wish I did, but... I just don't. <laughs> I was about to give a reason. I was like, I don't know. So, Joseph, the coat of many colors. Am I on the right track? <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay, but I'm just... That's what the most things, people know. These are the things that come to my mind. Like, you know, that he was had the coat of many colors. Yeah. And his brothers didn't like that. And they got jealous. And also that he was his dad's favorite. Daddy's baby. And that he went to prison. And then he got in charge of a lot of things. He got out. <laughs> That would be a good Haley Jones summary, I guess. (laughs) But anyway, but what we're really going to do is kind of like unpack the family drama. Yeah, because there's a lot of it. Right. So like sometimes I feel guilty about my family drama. And but really, when you scratch the surface on even the most perfect families, you start finding out. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on around there that, you know, that maybe you don't want to talk about. Well, I'm going to just like stay right there for one second, because we I, we were talking about this weekend, not with Joseph, but just like our families and other people's mm-hmm. families, families we, like just the more you learn, the closer you get to people, the more you learn about like the family dynamics and what's going on. Oh, what's and, like, really happening. What's really like irritating the other person. And I was telling you, we have some close friends of ours that we've known for several years now, I guess I would say. Yeah. Two or three years. Several years. And... Like little more and more things are coming out about the family dynamics and drama that we're like, oh, oh, okay, <laughs> okay. But I, I told you, I said it's just so interesting because it's no different than my family, yeah, anybody, or you know, your family. But we are so slow to like share those things. I mean, for good reason. Sometimes I understand yeah. it, but um, well, especially but anyway, in the, in everybody the has family drama, and you cannot tell me if you tell me you don't, you're, you're lying. A lying. But, You're a liar. but especially in the South, it is it's like etiquette. You don't talk about your family business, you right? Don't, you don't, and you don't want to talk about it in a negative. I mean, you don't want to like be putting it all out there. You mean like you did on the Straight Outta Prison podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't put it all out there. Like I could have told a lot of stuff yeah. I didn't tell. So <laughs> um, I thought I did. I was trying to strike a fine balance of uh, honoring and being honest at the same time. Yeah. So I think that's what we need to do with this one. Okay. So what's the family drama with Joseph? Joseph's Give it to us. (laughs) (laughs) Joseph's whole family was drama. So basically, we're really going to have to, as far as like the backstory goes, we're going to have to look at his dad. Because that was, you know, he's the leader. Jacob. Jacob. He's the leader of the family. He's the, you know, (laughs) the one that got him into all this stuff. But... Joseph's family, drama rises and falls on leadership. It does. <laughs> Joseph's family was drama. Now you want to talk about drama? <laughs> bring it into like the twenty first century where we live now. Jacob was the leader of his family. He was very passive. He was not very hands on. Not very involved. How do you know that? From reading the Bible. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, there were several. You know, his there were several things that happened that just showed that he was not like in it to win it with his kids like he didn't really care about he actually only named one of them the last one the mamas named their babies he named the last one because the the baby mama died right after and he didn't like the name she gave him so he changed it (laughs) so he was not very involved he was uh passive he had four baby mamas living under one roof (laughs) 
So if you can imagine that, you got 12 sons, at least one daughter that's recorded in the story, four baby mamas, everybody. Just think about that. How would you even... How could you even be alive? But that was as a as a dad. As well, Jacob. that was normal back then, right? Well, they did it some more but, normal anyway. But it's still they're still human beings. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 just it's a mess. Okay, let's move on. You say he's passive, and well, what's his father. story? How did he get there? What's his story? All right, so Joseph's dad was a mess, but he had kind of always been a mess all his life. Um, he was the grandson of Abraham, who was the patriarch of the Jewish nation and all the Arab nations that we have today. Right. Um, it's for another podcast. Yeah, yeah, that'd be another story. His dad's name was Isaac, and he was a twin. Jacob's dad's name was Isaac. Yeah, so if you ever read in the Old Testament, they say Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. Like, that's because they were, like, the ones that started it all. Right. Like, they were the ones that, the, like, original ancestors, patriarchs. They were the ones that really began the nation of Israel okay. but as a family. It didn't start as a nation. It right. started as a family. So who is the twin now, then? So Jake, when Jacob was born, he had a twin brother, Esau. Um, Jacob. Jacob. Joseph's dad. This story is probably going to be about, we probably just need to unpack Jacob's life because it'll show you when Joseph arrived on the scene, like mm-hmm. why it was such a mess because of all the things that Jacob had been through. <laughs> right. Which was... Um, Quite a bit, actually. Okay. So maybe we should really call this episode Jacob's story instead of Joseph's backstory. But anyways, we we digress. Let's move on. (laughs) Jacob was a twin. His mother was Rebecca. When she was pregnant, she had these like problems and she couldn't understand what was happening in her pregnancy. Like she had a rough pregnancy. And it says that she went to God and was like, what's happening to me? And he told her, you've got two babies in your womb and they're going to be two different nations. And they're going to be at each other. Like, they're not going to... He told her all that? Yeah. They're not going to be, like, warm and fuzzy. Like, she knew that before they were born? Mm-hmm. And, but she thought she was crazy. Like, am I hearing from God? Am I not hearing from God? I would have definitely thought I was crazy. <laughs> well, there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened in this family that didn't... Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, Jacob's dad was born to his grandparents when they were old. Like, yeah. Like, can't even have babies, but they had a baby, Isaac. So there was a lot of... Miraculous stuff that was happening during that time, and you know God's hand was on their family, but it was for a purpose mm-hmm. um, to bless them, but also to be a blessing to other people. But when they were getting ready to be born, Esau came out first, and it said that Jacob had his hand wrapped around his brother's heel, like I don't want you to go out first, like I need to be <laughs> like I'm first. You're not first, but um, a big deal back in those days was whoever was the firstborn son got the blessing of mm-hmm. the father. And Esau was the firstborn son. He was totally opposite to Jacob in every way. It really reminds me of our boys because Royal's like all boy. J- Judah's like all mom's baby. <laughs> and that was the case with Esau and Jacob because Esau was like, uh, he was an outdoorsman. He liked to hunt. He liked to kill stuff and skin it and eat it and do all that. And Esau was like daddy's boy. Like he was the one that daddy loved that they did all stuff together. But then Jacob, on the other hand, he was more like mama's baby. You know, I might call, you know, I called Judah that a couple of times. I called him a titty baby. He got mad at me. You've mentioned that three <laughs> times in this podcast already. Might, Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know if it was on this one, but I don't know for real, real. Okay. But anyways, that just meant he was more inclined to be about his mama. So Esau was daddy's boy and Jacob was mama's baby. He was going to stay in the tents and we're going to cook and make bread and do all things, which kind of reminded me of myself because that's how it was when I was growing up. You know, I wanted to be in the kitchen with my granny, learn how to make biscuits and 
you know, do the stuff that mattered because I didn't care about all those stuff. The stuff that mattered. Like <laughs> the me, other stuff doesn't matter. To me. So like dad and Esau were like, they were solid. But then mom and Jacob, they were solid. So what ended up happening was Jacob knew how to cook. Like he knew how to make stuff taste good and fix up things. And Esau came in from the field one day where he'd been hunting and doing all that stuff. And he said, I'm starving. I'm hungry. And Jacob was like, well, you know, it kind of sucks for you, but I've got this beautiful stew over here that I've made out of these lentils. <laughs> and um, Did all this really happen, the stew and lentils thing? Yeah. Okay. okay. It, it said it was a stew. It was a soup made out of uh, red lentils and probably had some meat. I don't know. Okay, okay. They didn't give all the details, but apparently it was good and it smelled good. And the aroma of the, the soup was filling the tent. When Esau came in, he was starving. So Jacob said, you know, this is mine, but I'll give you a bowl of it if you'll let me have your birthright as firstborn, if I can get all your rights. Okay, stew for a birthright. (laughs) That sounds like not an even, like, swap there. Well, but Esau... Well, you need to unpack, too, because I don't really know what all is entailed in a birthright. Like, what what does that... Why did he want that so bad? What was that? Well, in those days, it was the blessing, and... So what's the blessing? He gets all the rights, his firstborn son, heir, you know, all the, everything. What rights, though, besides being, like, I don't, I just don't know what that means, like. Well, you could kind of compare, like, nowadays to to Queen Elizabeth, her passing. Okay. That just recently happened. So who yeah. became king? Um, the, her son. What's her son's name? Hold on, Charles. Charles. Yeah. <laughs> so he became king, but you know, he's got three or four brothers and sisters besides him. But he's the oldest. So why is it him? So I guess then they had a lot of money. So then Esau was going to take over. Go back to that. Why is it? Why is it Charles the king? Because he's the oldest. He has the birthright. Right. So Esau was the oldest. He had the birthright. Okay. So he would be the one to have the blessing. He would be the one to. You keep saying the blessing, but I don't know what the blessing is. Well, in the Old Testament, a father would pass on a blessing to his kids, and it's like I possess this, and I'm leaving this part with you, this with you. But the oldest, the firstborn son, got everything. And then the other ones, you know, they would get a little stuff, but right. it was kind of like, well, you know, like when your when your mom passed away in 2019, everything was split three ways between you and Hobie and Abby. Mm-hmm. But if that had been back in the Genesis days, it would all went to Hobie, and he would have gave y'all some breadcrumbs. <laughs> so, did they have a lot of money or livestock or whatever? Yeah, they were very wealthy. Okay. Also. In those days, it wasn't just that because the world was being formed. So when a father would put his blessing on one of his kids, many times that oldest, that firstborn would become a nation. And Jacob did become a nation. Esau became a nation. Um, If you go back to their grandfather, they had Isaac was their son. He's the father of the Jewish nation. But Mm -hmm. Abraham had another son because his wife was trying to help out and had him go into her her maid and do the sexy time, have a baby, because she thought he was crazy for hearing from God that he was going to have a son. So he had a son, Ishmael, by his wife's maid, and he became the father of all the Arab nations. Mm. But then they ended up, you know, when Isaac came, they had to run him off. And to this day, in the Middle East, you have a conflict between Isaac and Ishmael because they're both sons of Abraham. Yeah. So a lot was going on back in the days. So okay, like so back to the formative stew. days. Back to the stew and the birthright. Yeah. He said, I'll give you some of the stew if you give me your birthright. If you give me your birthright as first son, I'll give you this ball stew. And was Esau stupid enough to do that? He was. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But I mean, He must have been very hungry. If you study out Esau's life, Esau seemed... Very simple-minded. You know, I'm just going to go hunt. 
and I got my wife and my kids, and you know, I got my shotgun. Was he from the South? That's what you're saying. Well, <laughs> the accent you're giving. He, he seemed very uh, simple, like yeah. easy to easy to trick. And you know, Jacob's name means deceiver, like a trickster. Mm. Um, and he would he would live up to that name, <laughs> pretty much. But uh, he just didn't seem very smart. Okay, so he gave him his birthright for the stew. Well, he, I don't think he really thought it was a, a real thing. He was like, okay, yeah. And then Jacob was like, oh, I need you to make an oath and promise me that I have your birthright. I was going to say, so did they sign something? <laughs> they just made an oath. They just said yes. They just said, shook hands and said, yeah, here we go. Pretty much. <laughs> so, but then fast forward a few years, Isaac's old, um, getting ready to die. That's their dad. And he loses his eyesight to where he can't see. So he's legally blind, pretty much, in his, in his last days. And in those days, they lived in tents, like they were shepherds. And you could hear, like, if you're in a tent, you can hear stuff. So Isaac called his son Esau to him and said, son, I'm pretty sure I'm getting ready to die. So I want you to go out and hunt me some of that wild game, you know, that I love, and then come back and fix it up for me like I like it. And let's eat some barbecue, and then I'm going to give you my blessing, and then I'm going to die. So, <laughs> life seems so simple back then. <laughs> I mean, when you get to the, when you get to that age, you just yeah. not, like I'm a hundred and something years old, or however many years old I am. Mm-hmm. It's about that time. So he sent Esau out into the field to do all that, but his wife uh, Rebecca heard what was happening, so she went and got Jacob, and was like, "Come here, come here, come here." <laughs> we'll be right back. Head over to our YouTube channel for recipes, podcasts, and now we're even live streaming stuff to give you guys real glimpses into our daily lives. Yikes. You'll also be able to see the podcast behind the scenes and unedited live streams. We've added the first five seasons of the Straight Out of Prison podcast, and even if you've listened to all of them, check out the video format to see pictures, behind the scenes, and a whole lot more. And while you're there, please hit the subscribe button. It won't cost you anything, but it does help us reach our goals to reach a larger audience. Look up Chef James K. Jones on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss a recipe or a podcast. For exclusive content, download the Patreon app and look up Team Jones Media. You'll find many levels of subscriptions, but all levels have one feature. You'll get early access to all of our podcast platforms and they're completely free from ads. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for all your support, all your encouragement, and thank you for being a part of our story. Wait, Esau's wife? No. Because you just said Esau went out and you said then his wife, so it made it confusing. Isaac's wife. Okay. Isaac's wife's name was Rebecca. So the mom. Jacob and Esau's mama. Right. Overheard what was happening. Okay. So when Esau went out into the field, in those days when you went hunting, you know, you might not be back for a day. If right. You, you, you just never know. So she went and got Jacob and said, look here, I just heard what was supposed to happen. Um, your dad sent Esau out to, to get him some barbecue. And when he comes back, he's going to give him a blessing, and he thinks he's going to die right after that. So we got to we gotta make something happen here. So I'm going to go kill a goat, 
and you need to help me make this meal and bake some bread, we're going to go in and tell your dad that you're Esau so you can get the blessings. <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like maybe the mom and dad didn't have the best relationship. <laughs> that would be my I don't, takeaway from that. I, well, <laughs> mama obviously favored... And I, mean, I know it worked different now than, but she was know, also Esau's mama, so it's kind of weird. I know it weird. worked different than does than it does now, but I would say like like if you were about to die, I'd be like, "Mama's getting the blessing. I'm gonna tell you who's getting the blessing, and then I'll decide when I my time to go." Uh, it's a different world. That wasn't how it worked back then. It was a, that was a very patriarchal culture. So the mama runs out there, kills the goat, skins it, and cooks it up, barbecues it good. You know, they make a nice meal. Uh, I work hard for my money. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Okay. So then, anyways, they fix it up. I mean, I'm sure Joseph did some sides. I mean, not Joseph. I'm sure they fix it up. I'm sure Jacob did some, you know, potato salad or something to go with it. <laughs> Fresh bread, whatever he yeah. did, whatever specialty was. And um, she wanted him to take it in and serve it to his dad and get the blessing and just say, I'm Esau. And he was like... My brother Esau is hairy. Like, he's got hair on his arms, hair on his neck, hair on his back. If he touches me, because I'm smooth, I don't have any hair on my body, <laughs> he's going to know that I'm not Esau, and then he's going to curse me instead. And so the mom said, look, just trust me, do what I say, and if he does curse you, I'll take the curse for you, and you can be blessed another way. So um, so she went into the laundry tent and got Esau's clothes that he hadn't washed. Yeah. Because they would smell like him. And she made Jacob put them on, and Jacob was like, "These, you know, these clothes are too big." And she was just like, "Just put them on. You need them." She for the really smell. is conniving. Uh, yeah. Well, he had to get it from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apple don't fall far, but it would make Jacob smell like Esau. And the human scent is powerful, especially back yeah. in those days. Because I don't think they bathe like we do now. They didn't have quite the hygiene that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she took the goat that she skinned and took the skin from the goat and wrapped it around his arms and around his neck so that if his dad touched him, he would think it was Esau because Esau was hairy. He must have been super hairy then. <laughs> yeah. This is a lot of finagling. Well, so they go in to take, Jacob goes in and take the food and he's like, okay, dad, I did what you said. You know, I'm here. And so Isaac couldn't see, but he was like, how'd you get that? How'd you get it hunted that quick? And he was like, God bless me and put it in my path. You know, just straight up lying to him. And then he said, come here, my son. I need to know if it's really Esau. And then he said, the voice sounds like Jacob's voice, but are you sure you're Esau? And he was like, yeah, dad, it's me. I'm it's Esau. So he said, come here. Let me let me rub up on you and, and see. <laughs> rub up on you. Well, that's what it said. Yeah. Not rub, but, you know, come yeah. closer. So he grabbed his arm, and when he felt the hair and he smelled the scent of Esau, he was like, oh, that's my son, my Esau, because he smelled his clothes. So then he, they ate. He gave him the blessing. You know, everything's yours. Your brother will serve you, all the things, and left. And then Mama and Jacob. He died. Well, he left. Jacob left. Okay. And mom was like, whew, we got that figured out. But then Esau showed up right after that and was like, uh, That's when I, oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, dad, I'm here. I got your food. You know, I did all the things. And um, Isaac was like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Esau, your son, your firstborn son. He was like, ooh. He started like freaking out. Like, I think your brother tricked me <laughs> and I've already given him your blessing. 
And once I give my blessing, I can't take it back. Okay, so this is something I don't understand from the old days of yeah. like, why can't you just say, never mind to that. I, that was a trick and wrong, and so now I'm going to give you the real blessing. That would be something to study out, but I don't really fully understand that. But it was, especially with these lines, it was prophetic. Like once you spoke it over somebody, it was done. Like this was how it was going to be. And if you go back to when the mom was pregnant with Jacob and Esau, she said that God told her that. That she would have two sons that would both be nations and that the older one would serve the younger one. So she was kind of helping out with the plan. Like the plan was for Jacob to be the one and not Esau. According to who? According to God. According to what she said that he told her when she was pregnant. Uh, So I guess, yeah. It is kind of crazy to think about that, you know, as far as like if that's how it was supposed to be. Like did God just know that was all going to happen like that? Uh, I think it's about... Election, and I don't mean like a presidential election. It's like God created you and chose you. This is going to be, this is what I created you for. So when you're born, your purpose is already in you. And Jacob's purpose was already there that he was going to be the leader of his family. And they went, they went about a lot of ways to get there, but it, it, it ended up that way. Yeah. So, but when Esau came in and saw that he was... Well, hold on, pause. But I hear you and that's true, but it's, I think some people, well, like me, would say yeah. like, well, that came about through a lot of deception. It did. And trickery. It did. Yeah. I mean, people say that about the founding of the United States of America. So, yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, I can see how for Esau and... His dad, for example, would yeah. be kind of bitter about that. <laughs> well, they were. Let me keep, keep yeah. telling us. Let's okay. don't get lost on that. Okay. It, it was a blessing. He gave it, and it went to Jacob. And so Jacob had it. But when Esau came back and realized what happened, he was like, I'm going to kill him. And so Mama went and got Jacob and said, you got to go. Like, you can't be here. Esau's going to kill you. And... <laughs> You have the blessing. Now <laughs> you go. got all things, but I ain't going to let you get killed. So you got to get out of here because he's in a rage and he sees that you've taken everything that's rightfully his and it's not going to end well. So, but anyways, um, Esau was like, don't you have a blessing for me, dad? You know, and Jacob was like, I got a blessing from you, but you will serve your brother because I gave him the blessing. Ooh. And yeah, it was hard. Kind of like when you told me a story right before we got married because your brother Hobie walked you down the aisle. Mm -hmm. You told me that when you were 16 that your dad took your brother's car and gave you the keys to it. Yes, he did. (laughs) When I turned 16. I was like, what? Well, Hobie was going off to college and I think my dad... He wanted him to be responsible. His mindset at the time was like, I want you to like, now you, you know, earn your stuff or whatever. I gave you a car when you are in high school. Now I'm giving her a car when she's in high school. (laughs) But it's going to be your car. I was like, ooh, watch me, watch me. (laughs) He was mad about that. He was bitter about that. He's probably still bitter. Well, anyway. I mean, not not really, but I told you, like, are you sure if he's walking you down the aisle, he ain't going to trip you? Like, remember that? Because... I asked you, like, well, did you feel bad about that? And you were like, no, I told him I got the keys now. <laughs> but, you know, as, a, as an adult, as a parent now, I think, yeah. like, well, actually, my dad bought the car. So it was actually his car. To that's do true. What, that's true. You know, whatever he wanted to do with it. Yeah. I mean, that's how I, that's what I would tell my kids now. Yeah. I, I did something I, like your that. Your dad was bold, though. I don't think I could do that to one of my kids. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think I could. I mean, um, not take it from one and give it to another. Right. I mean, I'm sure he had a purpose in it, but anyways, you can kind of see that there was this was yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. So Jacob had to leave; like he had to get out of the country. Like you can't even be around. Esau is going to murder you. Like you are, you are 
You're dead. So Joseph fled. <laughs> Jacob. I mean, Jacob. Jacob fled. <laughs> yeah, well, his mama said, I got a brother that lives in the country over in the east and patting a ram. So you go over there, you ask for my brother Laban and tell him who you are and he'll 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 help you out. But just stay over there till I tell you come home because <laughs> this um, stuff's getting ugly around here. All right. So then Esau, what did Esau do then? He stayed, stayed there. And how can he serve his brother <laughs> if his brother is over yonder? <laughs> well, he had to come back. I mean, okay. that would be for later on. Okay. Like they did both become nations. Uh, Jacob became the nation of Israel and Esau became the nation of Edom. And they were in the same family, but not. Okay, so if Joseph got what he wanted. Jacob. I mean, sorry. If Jacob got what he wanted, got the blessing, got all the things. Got the blessing, got the birth. Why was he so drama messed up when he started having kids? Well, that's what we're telling the story. Okay, so what happened next? So Jacob heads over. I mean, it probably took him two weeks to get where he's going because, you know, they had to ride around on donkeys and camels. Mm -hmm. I don't think they had horses in that, that culture. They may have. I'm not sure. But in the Bible, when you read it, they always talk about they were loading down the donkeys or the camel. So mm-hmm. it, a trip like that was two or three days, might have been two or three weeks. And somewhere across the however long it took him to get there, he set up for camp one night in a place and he had a dream that the heavens opened and there was a stairway coming down and angels were coming up and down the stairs. And that's where we get the modern there's a song called Stairway to Heaven. People talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where that comes from. <clears throat> but it was a dream. And in his dream, he woke up from the dream. He said, surely God is in this place. And that God spoke to him and said, I am El Shaddai, I'm the God who is more than enough. I've chosen you. I will be with you. Um, I've got a plan for your, your life. I've got a plan for your family. And your family will bring about a blessing to the whole world. I just need you to trust me and go do what you need to do. But I'm with you. So he gets to the little town where his mother's from. And back in these days, it wasn't like a city, like you go in and you know where you, what you're doing. It was just right. a little, like a farming town. And he went to the well because everybody would come to the well to water their flocks. And he asked them, do you know a man named Laban? And they were like, yeah, he lives over yonder. <laughs> and um, right about that time, a young girl walked up with some flocks. And she was beautiful. And Joseph was just like, Smitten. <laughs> yeah. Um, like it was like love at first sight. He saw her and he was like, Oh girl. Like <laughs> I don't know what's happening over here in Padma Ram, but they got it going <laughs> on with you. But uh she had to wait on like all the people to get there for the men to move the stones so they could water the flocks. And he was like, Oh no, girl, I got you. Come over here, you know, and he moved <laughs> the stone for water flocks. Come to find out, she was Laban's daughter, and she was, like, so excited to meet him because this would be her, like, cousin or whatever. And she was like, no, you got to come now. We got to get home. So she took him home to meet her daddy. And so it wasn't weird back then to marry your cousin. No, you can still marry your cousins in some cultures. Okay. Um, we don't, In America, we don't do first cousins, but you can do second or third. Yeah. But most of the royal families in Europe, they marry their cousins. Like, they intermarry. I mean, this was before Harry came along and started marrying American Americans. But, uh. <laughs> yeah, that's for another podcast. But yeah. that is very interesting. Okay, so then he went home and met Laban. Laban and what, what was her name? Her name was Rachel. Rachel's daddy. Yeah. Her cousin, who he thought she had going on, had well, it going on. He was in love. He, okay. He was, from the moment that he met her, he fell in love with her. Okay. Like, that was Rachel, and I'm going to do whatever Rachel need me to do. You know okay. what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it was like that. I so mean. he uh, he met Laban, his uncle, his, dad, his mom's brother, and told him, you know, my mom sent me here 
I mean, I can work, I can do all these things. And so Laban said, you can hang out, you know, you can stay as long as you want to, but, you know, I ain't got no son, so you're going to work. So he put him to work. Apparently, like, Joseph was good at what he was doing. They were uh, shepherds. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they reproduced goats and sheep and all that stuff. And back in those days, that was currency because, like, you could use the milk, you could use the skin, you could use the meat. I mean, it was just, that was... Right. You could become wealthy. It was valuable. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Laban was a little crafty himself. Like, he was a little bit of a player, kind of a hard man to get along with. But Jacob, you know, put his nose down, started working, doing all things. And when he started gaining some success as being a part of Laban's business, he went to him and said, I want to marry Rachel, your daughter. So Laban said, you can, but, you know, it's a high price. You got to pay for my daughter. And um, Jacob was like, just tell me what it is and I'll... I'll do what I can. We'll figure it out. So he said, if you want to marry Rachel, you're going to have to work for me for seven years. And Jacob was like, all right, let's get to work. Start the clock, baby. <laughs> so he went at it and he worked like a dog for seven years until he got to the seventh year. Because oh, he want, he wanted, I remember the story. He wanted Rachel. Like he wanted her. He yeah. was willing to do whatever it took to have her. Mm-hmm. And apparently she loved him too, the way the way the story went. So he worked his seven years. And you got to think what seven years is. That's almost a decade. Yeah. Like that's every morning getting up, going out, milking the cows and taking them out to eat and all, yeah. all the things they had to do. So he gets to his seventh year and he goes back to Laban and was like, okay, we, we come up on the clock. Let's plan a wedding. You know, we got to do the thing. And the culture in that day when people got married the women would have like a heavy veil over their face where you couldn't see it. Like, you know, some, we don't really do that now, but some people in my mom's generation, like when she got married, she had a veil over her face, but you could yeah. see through it. Well, they did the wedding. He got married. They took him. They, they would put him in a, uh, like a marriage tent. It's like where they spent their first night. And part of that was, I ain't going to get into all that. They wanted to make sure she was a virgin and they had to have some proof of that. So... They put him. They had the wedding, did all the things. They put him in the tent, spent the night. And when he woke up, he turned over and looked, and it wasn't Rachel that he was married to. It was Lazy Eyed Leah. <laughs> he, was <right>? married, <laughs> he was married to her older sister, who apparently was not very attractive and had a lazy eye, right? Yeah. Well, they. Yeah, pretty much. Like she had a. She wasn't pretty. She had an eye condition. Well, it was Mark Driscoll called her Lazy Eye Leah. That's okay. why I say that. You, you thought she was going to end up with your dream girl. You woke up next to Lazy Eye Leah. Um, so the trickster had been tricked. So basically, Jacob was reaping what he had sown. Mm-hmm. Like So he was tricking everybody. But now Laban came along and was like, I'm going to trick you. I've got something for you. <laughs> so he was enraged. and you know, But now he's married. He's already had relations. They've right. already had sexy time. So he goes to <laughs> he goes to Laban and was like, "What have you done? This is I didn't I didn't want her. I wanted Rachel's the love of my life." And he was like, "Well, you know, I got two daughters and one's older. She needs to get married first. So I did what I need to do for my family." So Laban really didn't want to lose Jacob because Jacob was making him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So he said, "If you'll work for me another seven years, you can have Rachel." And I had to go back and read this several times because I always thought that he had to work another seven years before he got Rachel. But actually, if he would come into seven years, he went ahead and got Rachel right then. So so we got a two-for-one deal, essentially. Yeah, yes. Which yeah. was not abnormal to have more than one wife during this time. That was It was a polygamous culture. Okay, yeah. But it's hard to be married to one wife. Like, trying to figure out two and their sisters and... 
it started off, the whole family started off in conflict was because Leah knew that Jacob did not want her, that he wanted her sister. Yeah, that's horrible. And it was, and these were wealthy girls. And the reason why I know they were wealthy is because they both had like maids and stuff. Like they had people taking care of them. Okay, so bottom line, Laban tricks him. He married Leah. Yeah. Then he's like, hold up, that's not the deal. Yeah, I didn't want all this. And then he said, okay, I'll let you marry Rachel right now and have two wives if you work for me another seven years. Yeah, I'm going to need another seven years. Okay. I'm going to get another seven years of work out of you. But he let her go ahead. He let him go ahead and marry Rachel. Yeah. So okay. this was how their family started. Jacob with two wives. Drama. In conflict. Just pure toxic environment to begin a family in. Can you imagine, like, our first year of marriage, if I had said, hey, I'm going to take Abby, too. She's going to be my other wife. (laughs) (laughs) I'm married to both of y'all. That definitely would not work out. No. Lord have mercy on you. (laughs) I don't don't even see how he was sane enough to survive. (laughs) But anyways, he got what he wanted, even though he had Leah as a holdover. Um, but what ended up happening, I mean, he was having sexy time with both of them mm-hmm. because uh, Leah started having babies, but then Rachel couldn't have babies. Like, nothing was working. She wasn't having babies. So Leah was just popping them out right and left. And <laughs> so silly. <laughs> they were, no, she was. She yeah. had like four or five boys, sons, mm-hmm. for for Jacob. Okay. And then Rachel had none. So... Rachel was getting her feelings hurt, and Jacob was like, girl, you know I love you most, and you know, you're the one that I love, and it was a mess, but uh, Rachel got in her feelings, was like, I got to have a baby, this girl, my sister ain't going to be pushing out all the babies, <laughs> lowering it around in front of me, because they're all still living together, so you can understand how hard that could be. Yeah. So Rachel told Jacob, I'm going to let you go have sexy time with my maid, and then she can give me a baby. So he has sexy time with the maid. The maid popped out. With Rachel's maid. Rachel's maid. So the ra- the the maid popped out a couple babies. Okay, hold on. Disclaimer here. <laughs> James doesn't mean any disrespect when he says they're popping and pushing out babies. <laughs> no, I'm just, I don't want to get stuck on this story. I know, but just how you're saying it is like. Because if we did every one, one by one, there, there was recorded 13 kids. There was 12 sons and one daughter. Okay, so the maid was... To use your terms, popping out babies. Okay, and then Maid what happened? had a couple babies. Then Rachel looked at that and was like, hold up. If if she can do that with her maid, I'm already winning. I got to keep make sure I keep winning. I end up with the most. Um, she had him going to her maid, too. So then Leah's maid was ha- popping out babies. So I feel like <laughs> just, uh, Jacob is the winner here. How? I mean, maybe just like... He's getting all the sexy time with is, all the ladies. He's spreading the seed around. I guess doing that all makes things. you a winner. I mean, you know. But there's is, consequences of that. What he ended up with was four baby mamas and all these kids, 13 kids, under one roof. Like, they were all together. They were one family. So they had to live together. Can you imagine trying to navigate through that? I guess he wasn't wanting to cook in the kitchen anymore. He was probably <laughs> wanting to get out in the field, all that going on. Well... <laughs> Somewhere during this time, Rachel finally became pregnant. and Finally, Lord have mercy. Yeah, and she gave birth to a son, and his name was... Joseph. Yeah. So this was what Joseph was born into. The love child. A mess. It's just a mess. He was a mess. This was a mess that he was born into. His, his dad was a trickster. His 
mom was kind of a trickster. His granddaddy was a trickster. Like, it was just everything. There are babies everywhere. <laughs> Baby mama's everywhere and babies everywhere. Yeah, I mean. If but then Joseph been, was the love child. He was the first one that Rachel gave birth to. Which explains, you know, later, I feel like, which explains the kind of, like, common facts that everybody knows. Yes. Of the why he was. So that's why he was daddy's baby. Yeah. Because he was Rachel's son. Mm-hmm. So. But, yeah, it but, makes sense. But then about that time, his time came up where he'd, done, he'd worked for Laban for 14 years. So then he told him, I'm getting ready. I got to go. I got to get out of here. <laughs> we got to, I'm, I'm growing in numbers. I got all this family. So did he say, okay, Rachel and Joseph, y'all come with me. The rest of y'all stay here. <laughs> no, he couldn't do that. That was his family. That was his kids. That was his wife. He was, this was his situation. But he still worked for his father-in-law slash uncle, mm-hmm. Laban. So they tried to make a deal where they could part ways. And Joseph's like, I mean, Jacob, Jacob's like, look, I've worked here all this time. I've brought you 500% increase and, you know, I've done all things. It's time for me to take some kind of share for myself and my wife and my kids, your daughters and your grandkids, and let us leave and go start our own deal. He wanted to go back to his family. He wanted to go back to his home. Laban was like, here's what we'll do. You're right. You know, we need to make a separation. You can have all the spotty goats and striped sheeps or something like that, which were, they were very rare. Like you would have a flock of goats or a flock of sheep and they would all be solid colors, but there would be a few that had like spots or stripes on them. Mm -hmm. And I don't really understand how this works, but Jacob took some uh, tree branches and carved spots and stripes in them and put them in front of where they took their water because that's where they made it at. And then all of a sudden, all these spotted and striped babies started coming out of the flock. So he was building up his own wealth, which is kind of weird. I mean, I've studied that out several times. There's no significance, like, really. Well, just because you shave their stripes, that makes them have striped babies. I don't get that. I don't either. It's something about it was the vision they had in front of them. It was what they saw, and it was what they reproduced. Weird. Okay. But, like, modern science has said there's no—that's just coincidence. But however it worked out— it worked out that the spotted and the striped goats and sheep started to overtake the other ones. So Jacob was winning. But then Laban kept trying to trick him and keep him there and tried to change, you know, move the goalposts. So Jacob just got up and was like in the middle of the night and told Leah and Rachel and all his youngins, we got, we're going. We're not even going to say bye. So get all your stuff and let's go. So they dipped out of there. So they snuck out, basically, and went back to... Well, they wasn't hit, he afraid that Esau was going to still want to murder him? Yeah, it was a big fear. I mean, because he had been like 14 plus years without any contact with his brother. He didn't even know if his parents were still alive. Well, I mean, I just feel like everybody needs to just take a deep. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot going on here. <laughs> but uh, anyways, they head out. Laban chases them down. I was like, what are you doing? These are my grandkids and my daughters. And he was like, you was trying to trick me, and it's time for me to go, so we got to go. So they set up a truce, and he left. Somewhere along the way, Rachel was pregnant again. Rachel began to have, you know, time to have her baby. And it was a very uh, a rough childbirth. Mm-hmm. And as she was, like, pushing him out, she realized that she was fixing to die. Aww. And her, the person, the lady that was helping her that was the midwife, whatever mm-hmm. you call it, said, oh, don't be sad. Be rejoiced. You have another son. And she named his name Ben Oni or something, which means son of my trouble. And then she died. So, but then Jacob took his name, said, we're not naming that, we're naming Benjamin, which means something else. 
but then Rachel died. They buried her there and like made a tomb and put a, put something over to market. But to this day, Rachel's tomb is in that town, which is the modern town of Bethlehem, where Jesus would come. So neat little. Wow. But I bet he was so sad. Yeah, he was. Because that was the only woman that he loved. Yeah. She was gone, but he had two sons from her. Mm-hmm. So he had Joseph and he had Benjamin. And those were special to him because they came from the only one that he loved. Well, I didn't know that. I mean, that's kind of neat, like where she was buried in that town is Bethlehem, and that's where Jesus yeah. came from. Mm-hmm. You to think this there, day. Is there a significance there? Same family. I mean, Jesus comes from this family. Yeah. Eventually. That's neat, um, I mean, there's scriptures in there where it talks about when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and the King Herod found out that the Messiah was born and was like, okay, take out all the male babies. Right, the right. In the New Testament, it, it says a prophecy that Rachel's crying over all her babies because... You know, Rachel being Bethlehem. Right. So, but that's the only thing I know of. Oh, that's neat. Other than her being the one that Jacob really loved. Yeah. All right. So, Jacob, the one woman he loved, the love of his life. Yeah. If we can say that. Yeah, I think we um, can. Has died. It. And then so, but he has a ton of kids, but only two by her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Joseph and Benjamin. Yeah. And the other ones. Um. Okay. So, that's a lot. <laughs> It's a lot to happen. So he's going to be sad going home. Yeah, but he's also scared. So sad, it's scared. Like he's going through a bad time. But There's he's a like, lot of chaos, I feel like. Yes, it's like so much chaos. Like they're going, they've lost Rachel. Now they're going to Esau, which they think will kill him. It's possible that they could all get wiped out. Because in those days, if they took out a tribe, they would take out the whole family. Like they didn't care. They were like, you, you got us, we're going to get you. It was eye for an eye, you know. There wasn't no uh, niceness going on back then. So, but I guess he just wanted to go back because that was his homeland, I guess. Yeah, his family. And he had the birthright. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) So he had to go get his. But anyways, let's just cut to the chase. He gets back across. He's got his family. He's got Joseph. He's got Benjamin. The only one he don't got is Rachel. She passed away. And by this time, Jacob is wealthy. He's not like coming back in a beat down Honda Civic. Yeah. He's a... He's rolling in a Cadillac SUV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got servants and people working yeah. for him and, you know, all this wealth that he's bringing with him. And he sends his people out ahead of him and said, when you get to Esau, bow down to him and say, your servant Jacob is coming and he's here to serve you. And, you know, he, he's giving you all these cows and all the gifts. And it's basically, you know, greasing him up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So when they get to one of the last rivers they have to cross, Jacob felt like he needed to send all them over and he needed to go back because that was around the place where he felt like God had met him when he left like 15 years Yeah, that years said, before. I'm going to be with you and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So he thought he might have kind of like an experience like that, but there was some man that came out of the shadows and started trying to throw him down. And... <laughs> Like, they got in a wrestling match, and they wrestled for, like, four or five hours. Like It's a long time to wrestle. <laughs> well, neither one could pin the other one down. Like, they were both trying to win. And when they got several hours in, the man, who turned out to be an angel, took his thumb and, and mashed Joseph's hip and put it out of place so that he couldn't wrestle anymore. And except for the rest of his life, he walked with a limp because of that. But then when that was over with, that, that God spoke through the angel and said, you are Jacob, a deceiver, and you know you got all this mess here, but you will no longer be called Jacob. I'm changing your name to Israel because you will be, all your boys will become tribes of Israel and you'll be a mighty nation. 
That's a lot. <laughs> We're getting too deep into that. That is a lot. But I think, too, here's what I think of when you're saying all that, yeah. which is crazy to me, which yeah. is my takeaway, mm-hmm. is that he was the he was a deceiver, and I guess, like, God called him on it, and the angel, I mean, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. But, like, he's, you know, he's been a trickster, like, did so many not good things, <laughs> obviously, and creating so much chaos. Yeah. But yet still... God continues to say He chose him. Yeah. That I that you're gonna be like the nation of Israel, like to choosing him to be the Well this I, mean, is, I find that fascinating. Like it, it, for me in particular, who feels like I need to work for everything. If you read the the Bible, the story from the lens of it's not about what you do, it's not about what was done to you. It's about what God's plan is. And I have to bring myself back to that when I'm in the struggle on the struggle bus with myself. It's like, okay, what did I do? Should I did this? Should I done that? Or what I didn't do? You know, or if they hadn't did this or that, this would have happened if I would have had a dad. And it's like I've come to a place in my life of understanding it's not about what I've done, right or wrong. Like sometimes we want it not to be about what we've done if we've done anything wrong. Like we want to be forgiven of our mistakes and our sins and things we've done wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's also not about anything that I've done right. Right. Because that, that is also a gift. Right. And it's not about anything that anybody else has done to me. It's about God has a plan for my life, and it's going to come to pass. It's yeah. going to happen. And if you study any family in any of the Bible stories, any of the church history, you will find a lot of mess. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing as clean and pretty. And, you know, if you go to Sunday school when you're a little kid and they put all the little felt People on there make everything. It wasn't like that. It yeah. was raw. It was, uh, in some cases, brutal and evil. And yeah, I mean, this. I mean, I don't. I guess it just hits home for me personally because it's what I feel like I've been dealing with. But just, it is amazing and fascinating that. Yeah, he was this trickster and all this, like, you know, so sketch. Yeah. And yet, like, the Lord still was like, your sons are going to be the head honchos. But they they all were. And I'm going to bless you and whatever. Yeah. They're all, everybody's messed up because they're humans. Yeah. Except for Jesus. He's the only one that ever can say, I'm the authentic man that did it perfectly. Mm -hmm. Nobody else can say that. Yeah. So that's why he's... An all-sufficient Savior. <laughs> all right. So our real story, so this is the back, background, but our real story is about Joseph, yeah. who is growing up in all of this. This is his family. Let me tell so one. how old was he when that, do you know? Like, how old was... When they got to the... Yeah, when they got to... Probably around 10, 11. Okay, so he was watching a lot of things go down. Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> it was a mess. <laughs> it was a One more thing, I want one more story, just to kind of show you the character of Jacob. Esau and Jacob, when they met, Esau ran out and started crying. So you're my brother. I forgive you. I love you. You know, let's just work it out, figure it out. Then Isaac and Rebecca died. They buried them, you know, did all the things. Wait, Isaac and Rebecca. It's their parents. Okay, yeah. Maybe Isaac died while he was gone. I can't remember. I'd have to fact check that. But I know that Rebecca died after that because she got to see her boy Mm -hmm. and all his 12 kids and his many wives. Yeah. But Esau at the same time had gotten married and started on family. So they were two huge clans. So they were like, okay, we can be at peace, but we can't live together. There's mm-hmm. too much going on. Because in those days, you had to have the water for the flocks and you had to do all the things. So they split up. So Esau went one way, Jacob went the other way. And now you got Jacob back where he's supposed to be in the land that God promised to, to Abraham and Isaac and promised him when he left, you know, I'm going to bring you back here. And this is where you're going to raise your family and be a blessing. But. Just to show his character and kind of stuff that Joseph grew up in, there was a a family or a a village of people 
that took their sister, like kidnapped her and raped her and then sent her back home. And in those days, if you were a young girl and you got raped, that meant you were spoiled. Like you couldn't get married. Like nobody, nobody's going to marry the raped girl. Mm-hmm. So apparently Jacob didn't really try to do anything about it. So the brothers. Wait, hold on. Jacob was his, I mean, Jacob was the father. Of, yeah. It was his daughter who got raped. Yeah. Her okay. name was Dinah. She got raped by these, apparently like gang raped. Uh-huh. Oh. And it was like he wasn't doing anything about it. So the brothers, you know, these some of them were grown men by the time they were young, but still, you know, yeah. you don't mess with my sister. So they found out they couldn't overtake them. There was too many of them. So they went and said, hey, you know, um, whoever did this to my sister, this ain't going to work out for us, so you got to marry her. And uh, <laughs> this is a funny story. You got to marry her. And they were like, okay, you know, we'll figure Then we'll make a covenant. We'll be one big clan. And they said, well, we have to be circumcised. Like, that's the mark that God gave Abraham for his covenant with God was to be circumcised. So y'all got to all get circumcised. And they were like, oh, we don't want to do all that. You know, we, you know, can you imagine as a grown man? It's bad enough for a kid. But they say, yeah, that's what we got to do. But, I mean, we got all this wealth. We got all this stuff. You can have my sister. We'll do all, we'll just, you know, we'll live it up. And um, they finally talked them into it. All the men got circumcised. Yikes. They waited three days until they were in the worst shape possible and went back and slaughtered the whole village. Oh, wow. Because they couldn't fight back because they'd been circumcised as grown men, and it weakened their whole bodies. And Dang. It was, it was brutal. But here's, here's Jacob's response to that. It was not anything about his daughter or, you know, poor Dinah. How can we help her? He was like, my son, y'all messing everything up for me. You know, what are other people going to think of me now? You you out here killing out a whole village. Like, I got to get along with all these other people. He was more concerned about how it was going to make him look other people than he was concerned with his family or with his daughter. So that's horrifying to me. Golly, to I know. That is like, <laughs> wow. But this is the family origin of Joseph. This is where he comes from. This is what he lives in. And this is where we'll pick up on the next story. I know this is the whole point of this, but I feel like, man, it's making me feel pretty good about myself. Like... <laughs> There's a lot. There was a lot. I shouldn't too. say that. That I mean, that is like, ooh, it's kind of like leaving on a downer. But you're right. I mean, I, I didn't know that story about Joseph, and you're like you said, speaking to his character, ooh. Jacob. I mean, I didn't know that about Jacob, and like you said, like speaking to his character. Yikes. Well, there was another one too. Um, the oldest son, Reuben, uh, somewhere during his time, he Jacob's went, oldest son. Yeah, Reuben. Okay. He went and had sexy time with one of. With one of Jacob's baby mamas, and it said that Jacob didn't even say nothing about it. And he waited like a hundred years, so he was getting ready to die. And he cursed Reuben on his deathbed, but had never said anything to him about it. You know, that's like the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate passive aggressive. It was. No, but this was his prophecy, one of the funniest prophecies in the Bible to me. He said, Reuben, my son, my firstborn, you are supposed to be my strength, but you weak as water. (laughs) (laughs) And you ain't got no part in me, no part in Israel. And, you know, basically. Because he slept with one of his wives. He said, because you went into my concubine and did the hunt time. But he didn't do anything about it at the time. So it was like, let's just hold on to that for 80 years, and then we'll, we'll get you on the end. I'll curse you on my way out. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. So that's why I say I know that Jacob, as a father, was passive. Yeah. He was not very involved. Like I said, he only named one of his kids, Benjamin. Mm-hmm. And the only reason he named him was because Rachel was dead, and he didn't like the name she chose. Yeah. So didn't say he named any of the other ones, the mama's name. Wow. All right, Jacob. <laughs> I kind of thought you were better than that, but... 
<laughs> so we'll move on past Jacob. We'll get to the next one. I think I'm going to call this episode Daddy's Baby. Because that, that was who Joseph was. He was Daddy's Baby. And in some ways, you know, my granny and granddaddy had my Aunt Glennis when they were grandparents. Like, my granny thought she had already went past the time of having babies. Mm-hmm. And her oldest son, Ronnie, already had a son. So she was a grandmother already when she found out she was pregnant with my Aunt Glennis. And there was something different about their relationship because she was the child of their old age. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't say they loved her more, but they definitely brought a lot of life to them. Yeah. Well, I think there's you've loosened up a little bit. You're not as like, I mean, it's just like anything else we do in life. We we do it. We're a little more comfortable with it. Yeah. We're able to relax and kind of enjoy it a little more. So by this time, Jacob's sons were all grown pretty much except for Joseph and Benjamin. So he had his family, had his tribe. You know, they can go out there and work the land. I can just sit back here and, you know, eat lentils and do the things. (laughs) But then he had Joseph and Benjamin, the sons of the only woman that he ever loved, with him. So Mm. that's where we'll start on the next episode. Call that Daddy's Baby. Okay. Stay tuned, folks. (laughs) This was fun. I feel like this is going better than I thought it was. Yes. Good. (laughs) All right. Have a great week. We'll see you next week, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. Written and produced by the Team Jones Company. Yours truly, James and Haley Jones. If you're interested in advertising with us, head over to teamjones.co and click the Join Forces button. We've redesigned our media kit with some exciting new details. If you'd like more information about being a sponsor, email Haley at teamjones.co. Or shoot me a text or give me a call, 205-789-2011. Schedule us for your podcast or to be considered as a guest on one of our platforms, contact us by heading over to teamjones.co and click on that join forces button for exclusive content download the patreon app and look up team jones media you'll find many levels of subscriptions but all levels have one feature you'll get early access to all of our podcast platforms and they are completely free of ads the best way to support us is by telling your friends and family about the podcast other ways to support us is by liking and sharing the podcast and giving us a review or follow us on social media facebook instagram tiktok youtube and more and that's too much to talk about here we'll put it all in the Please support our sponsors as they help us provide you this platform for free. Thank you for your support and thank you for being a part of our story. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. Written and produced by the Team Jones Company. Yours truly, James and Haley Jones. If you're interested in advertising with us, head over to teamjones.co and click the Join Forces button. We've redesigned our media kit with some exciting new details. If you'd like more information about being a sponsor, email me, Haley, haley at teamjones.co. That's not .com. 
The best way to support us is by telling your friends and family about the podcast. Other ways to support us is by liking and sharing the podcast and giving us a review. Well, as long as you think we did good. (laughs) Or you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and more. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for all your support, all your encouragement, and thank you for being a part of our story. All right, guys, y'all show some love to the sponsors of the Straight Out of Prison podcast. Our friend Keely Brown runs her family-owned HVAC Home and Commercial Services. Is your system ready for the summer? Schedule a system checkup or reprogram your thermostat. They offer residential and commercial, at home or at work. They really do what they say, and they say what they do. Our family serving your family has been their core value since day one. Their founder and owner, Mr. Robert Holland, made sure the foundation of home and commercial services was and is integrity. Now, remember, Haley, we, we catered an event last December where he was a part of the group that we were feeding. But it was interesting to learn that when he was a young man, when he first started in the HVAC business, Mr. Holland actually got in trouble with, for not adding new parts that the people didn't need. And they were like, why didn't you sell the parts? And he was like, because I could fix them. And they were like, no, no, you're, you're, you're doing it wrong. Like, you just got to put new parts. And he was like, but they didn't need new parts. And it bugged him so much that he went out and started his own business. And that's the foundation of home and commercial services. And we can attest to that personally. I mean, they've done so much stuff for us. It's crazy. I love that story. And I think it speaks to, obviously, his integrity and what he's built his business on that integrity. Right now, the most economical service they offer is their annual residential service agreement. For $150, you'll get two annual checkups, and that's for one system. If if it's an additional system, it's 25% off. Anyways, the annual contract includes priority service, normal rates for after-hour service, 10% discount on any repairs, and a 5% discount on any new installations. It's a good deal especially with the heat of the summer coming. Home and Commercial Services works on all name brands of heating and air conditioning units, gas furnaces, heat pumps, walk-in coolers, and smart thermostats. No job is too big or too small. Call or text Keely at 205-798-0635. Or you can email at office at hollandhcs.com. You can look up Holland Home and Commercial Services on Instagram for daily tips and more. Or you can check out their website, hollandhcs.com. We have some amazing friends and supporters of the podcast, Lynn and Debbie Hurst, who own Hurst Towing and Recovery in Fultondale and Hayden, Alabama. They serve the Jefferson, Blunt, and surrounding counties. They tow light and heavy-duty vehicles, and they're always there to help. We wouldn't call anybody else. We would never call anybody else, and that's a fact. Would you like to work for an amazing company that treats their employees like family? The Hearst are hiring. Full and part-time positions. Give them a call today. Hearst Towing is there 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They've been in our area since January of 1987. They have a heart to serve and they love making an impact in the communities they grew up in. The Hearst definitely make a difference in our world. And they have definitely made a difference in our lives. Dispatchers are always ready to receive calls at 205-631-8697. That is 205-631-TOES. T-O-W-S. <laughs> you, get, you get me every time I with the toes. <laughs> <laughs> or check out their website at hearsttowing.com. Now, y'all know James from the podcast, but he also is an amazing cook and private chef. I can attest to that personally. I've had many years of experience in food, just working in, managing, and even owning a couple restaurants. One of his greatest passions is preparing delicious food. You know, if somebody's going through something or through a hard time and you don't know what to do, you can always cook for them. 
Head over to ChefJamesKJones.com to join our email list. Once you do that, you can stay updated on everything that we're doing.